right, we've been on this series, Seven Choices, and we got one more left next week, and seven choices that take us as we get closer to God, as we grow in our relationship. We, of course, have been hanging our hat on this scripture in Deuteronomy that, where God says, hey, I've given you a choice between life and death, blessing and cursing. And it goes on to the end, hey, choose life, because it's not just about you, it's about your family and those who are around you. The Bible also says in Proverbs 2.11 that we are protected by wise decisions. And that's what we're believing as we choose God's word, as we make choices and these seven choices. Last week we talked about choosing God's word. We talked about that we're going to live, learn, and love God's word and live it more and, and do more of what it says. And that leads us to this next choice. That if we're if we're reading more of God's word, then it should lead us to this question. That is, when God speaks to us, will we listen? You heard me say last week, and you have said many, many times before, that the Bible is alive. It's, it should speak to you. and That's how God speaks to us. Well, then the question is, when God says something, are we going to listen? Because... Ladies, this is, I'm going to give you a, head, a heads up. This will be a great chance to hear a lot of ladies say amen. But we all know as guys, we can hear, but are we listening? Mm-mm. It's ladies that you just completely blew it. Right? We hear, we hear Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh, wah, 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 uh-huh. Okay, sure. And then two weeks later, we said, do you remember? I told you. Told me what? No, you didn't. And if you're like me and Melanie, and Melanie tells me like the time, date, and exactly her words because she has that kind of memory. See, there's a difference between hearing and listening. So if God speaks to us, will we listen? That's certainly a life-changing step for us is to pray, to talk to God, to have a conversation with God. But when you talk in a conversation, there should be some talking and there should be some what? Some listening. So you're not only talking, you're listening. And here's the thing. We just sang the song. He's the same God. God spoke back then, and guess what? He still talks today. He still has conversations with us today. You know, the world will tell you this. And some of us even don't have issues in believing it. They'll tell you, oh, it's perfectly normal for you to go see a palm reader or some lady that talks to, talks to spirits and predicts your, your future Oh, that's normal. You can do that. But I heard this quote on a news show a few years back, and this news anchor said this, that a person praying to Jesus is one thing. If Jesus talks back, and then she paused, said, that's called mental illness. What? So that's the equivalent of only one person ever allowed to talk in a conversation. And we know God's a God of relationship. He wants to know us. Well, why would we pray to him and him just go, well, I'm not going to answer him. He's not looking at caller ID and going, oh, there's Keith. Yeah, I really want to talk to him. You know, voicemail. God doesn't do that to us. And it's not a mental illness. It's called a relationship with a loving father, with a God who created us. Jesus was very clear about knowing his voice. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 10. It says, the sheep, that's us, 
recognize his voice, and come to him. He calls his sheep by name. So he's not saying, hey, you guys. He says, hey, Joe, you specifically. He speaks to us and leads them out. Look at the second part of the verse. It says, and they follow him and say this with me, because they, say it again, because they, we all have these voices in our lives of family and friends that are familiar. That we don't have to look at our caller ID and go, oh, that's who that is. Not once in the last 23 years have I gone, oh, that's Melanie. Uh, I didn't recognize her voice. It doesn't happen. It's, it's those voices that you can recognize. Anybody ever been in a crowd? It's like with your kids. You've been in a crowded place. And we, we, like, we'll just take Mabel, my 14-year-old, for instance. When she was little, we could scream, Mabel, Mabel. And there could be lots of noise. It could be at a game. It could be at a concert. It could be whatever loud. All lots of voices. But there's something about her knowing the Father's voice that when I scream, she hears nothing else but what? But me. And see, God says that we can know his voice that well. That when the when the noise, the fog of war is going on around us and our lives are crazy and our kids are screaming and maybe we're fighting with our spouse or whatever's going on, the Bible says that God can speak and you can hear it. And I believe if you do it well, and it takes some practice, that even in those tense moments, God's voice can speak and you can respond immediately. So today I want to give you some things to help you choose to listen. Because you can recognize His voice. And you can respond. But I want to take some pressure off right off the top. Because I know I can feel it when I start talking like about hearing God that we go, oh, I can't hear. Is that, I don't know if that's my conscience or is that, is that God in me? You know, or is it just me thinking a good thought? Or is it me thinking a bad thought? What is, let me just tell you this. All of us can hear God. There's nobody, in, no human being born without the ability to hear God. Whether they choose to hear God is the question. So everybody can hear God, but you need to know this too. All of us can miss God too. All of us can think, well, God, I think this is you, and I'm going to move this way and be wrong. And God knew that about us. He didn't say, well, you better fix it. You better get it right every time. That's why you'll see in a minute, God put people in our lives. God put I believe, a whole process. See, the fact is that humans can miss it. Even the Bible says of Peter, one of the disciples, Jesus says to Peter and asks him a question, who do you think I am? Peter responds, well, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God come for us. So he hears God and responds correctly, speaking to Jesus face to face. Not but a few verses later, Jesus is calling Peter Satan and telling him to get behind me. After Peter says, I'm, Peter says, no, you can't do what you're going to do. And he says, no, you're, you're, you're speaking of your father, the devil. You're hearing the wrong voice. So you can miss it. Even Pete, Peter missed it. Humans can miss it. And a, lot, and a lot of times for us as Christians, the people that come to us say, hey, I was praying for you, or I prayed for you, or start making suggestions, they're well-meaning. They're, 
not a lot of times, but I'm sure there are times where people are trying to either manipulate you or, or hurt you in some way by telling you something else. I remember years ago, and you've been here a while, you've probably heard me tell this story, but while I was still at ORU, um, Mel and I had just gotten married. We had about a semester left, so we were back in Oklahoma. Finishing, I was finishing my degree, and I was still traveling with the ORU music team. And in Tulsa every year, we would go, and our band, our worship band, would go play for this big woman's conference, like two or 3,000 women in a big arena. And it was our standing joke for the guys on the team that who was going to get the marriage proposal. Because something about a lot of you ladies and believers all get in one place, suddenly you're on the hunt for a husband for your kids. And so every year, one of us, would, a lady would come up, and it, this particular year, I, I drew the short straw. So after service, this lady comes up, she's boo-hoo, and you could just, you could, she tell she was sincere. She had been impacted by God, just in the service. So she walks up to me and says, I just, I need to tell you this, that I really think you're supposed to, to marry my daughter. And I was standing like this, and I was like, thank you. That might, you know, I was trying to be nice. You know, I'll pray about it, but I'm not sure about that. But I'll pray about it. You know, and she was so focused on what she felt like God told her to tell me. I'm not sure she ever got it. She was like, I'll be, I'll be back with the, with the number and all. And I was like, guitar, let's go, I'm out. <laughs> Grab my stuff and let's get out of here. But she was well-meaning. You see, the Bible even says that you're not supposed to believe everyone that tells you something. 1 John 4.1 says, don't believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, capital S. That's important. Some people are speaking by some Spirit, but it ain't God's. It says you must test them. We misread this a lot because people will tell me, oh, you can't test God. Don't tempt God. You're not testing God. You're testing them. I don't question my father. I question people. It says to see if the spirit that they're giving you, notice it's a little s there, that they have comes from God. It goes, and 1 John 4, 1 says, hey, there's many false prophets in the world. It pains my heart for me to be in the line of work that I am as a pastor to tell you that there are some pastors who don't have your best interest in mind. They're motivated by other stuff because they're human. I pray, I've told somebody not too long ago, I pray that God never lets me get to a place where I, I teach or talk to you guys based on what you can do for me. That's a dangerous place. But to prevent that, I've got people in my life that if I even lean that way, that people speak up. I hear people say this a lot. I feel like God told me. Honestly, in, in our office, when people have come for counseling, they say, hey, I need your wisdom on something, and they'll come in, and they sit down, and if, they, if you open with this line, I'm going to stop you. If you open with, I feel like God told me. Well, if God told you, then why are you asking me? Now, if you come and say, I want you to pray about this, let's see what God tells us, that's one thing. But there's a lot of people that will come and say, I feel like God told me or God's leading me to. Well, it's not always God. That You have to, have to flesh it out. And I'm going to give you a way to do that in a minute. 
I had a guy, a friend of mine, tell me, this is many years ago, tell me with all sincerity that God wanted him to leave his spouse and to marry this woman he met at work because he would say this first line. He would say, God want, he said, God wants me happy and she makes me happy. And I told him, I said, I don't know what God you're listening to, what spirit you're listening to, but that's not God. It can't be. Yet we do it all the time, not just in our marriages. Because here's the truth. God wants you holy, not happy. He can't, you can be the happiest person in the world, and he still can't hang out with you. When I say God wants you holy, it's what we were talking about during communion. The Bible says that, that God sees us through the blood of Jesus. In other words, he doesn't see me and my mess. He sees that Jesus paid my mess with the blood of Jesus. That my sins are paid for. That I have the ability to go, God, I just blew it yesterday and I'm sorry. The Bible says that's what makes me holy. The Bible uses a term called set apart, righteous. I'm, I'm made righteous by the blood of Jesus. That what my friend was telling me wasn't God. He, I even think he was using a verse. This guy was using a verse out of context. That God wanted him happy. And that he was using a, a verse about joy. And the Bible says, really teaches this way. That once you step in the holiness, that God's holiness will bring you happiness and joy. Not the other way around. And a lot of us make decisions based on how we feel. And that is a bad idea. Because if you don't know this... Your feelings will lie to you. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 that there's a way, a way that appears to be right. We think it's the right way. But it says, it, if Proverbs 14, 12, I don't think I put it on your notes there. It says, but in the end it leads to death. It, may, it seems like a good decision. And so we just jump in. And then we realized this is not a smart thing. Because we weren't listening to the voice of God. We were moved by what we feel. See, God does want you happy. But he wants you holy first. So, so you can choose a list. And I want to give you, and hear his voice with confidence, I'm going to give you some questions to ask yourself. I think there's three or four. You could just use one. Any of these individually will, I believe, point you, is this God or not? But my recommendation is to not use one, but use all of them. And lay it against this and, help, and learn to listen. Because here's what happens. You do this, you listen, you confirm, you know that it's God. Then the next time he speaks, it gets a little easier. Then the next time he does it, it gets a little easier. Then when it's intense, when it's a hard decision, when it's a... Sometimes we do have to make quick decisions. Then you can know that you've heard God because you know what he sounds like. It's just like hearing your spouse's or your mom or your dad or somebody's voice that you're familiar with. You can respond to it immediately. So the first question you ask yourself is this. Does it line up with the Word? Does it line up with the Bible? You would be surprised how many people make life-altering decisions that they say God led them, God told them, and it's based on what they're what they're deciding is not God. Not even close. And we're making decisions. And God said, listen, if you'll just 
base it off my word when you choose. Because this is the truth. God's voice will never contradict his word. You can take, and I'm not going to dive into it today. If you want to talk about it, we will. Take any of the big topics on the news today when the news starts. God talks about all of that in the Bible. And people will say, oh, well, we think maybe God's just, God's evolving with the times. No, that can't happen. Second Peter says this, that we also have a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, if you read it and God says it in his word, that's for certain. It's not changing. And if somebody is telling you something that's not lining up with, with the Bible, then it's just not the Bible. It's just not God. Second Timothy teaches us this, that all scripture is God-breathed, used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Again, well, maybe God's, trying, maybe God's changing with the times. He's, he's, you know, broadening his thinking. Well, one, that can't happen. If you were here last week, I told you several things God can't do. God can't have a new idea. Because the Bible says he's already thought of everything. Numbers in the Old Testament tells us this, that God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. He's not changing who he is, becoming something else. He's not morphing to the time. Our world tells us that we need to bring God down to our level and then make everybody feel even. But the Bible says that we do just the opposite and we rise to his standard. That's why we say we take one step from where you are to where God wants you to be. Why? Because we're all taking our one step closer. We're doing better. We may take a step back and mess up, and you just keep moving. You keep moving closer to God. So God's not for our modern time. You can't take one verse out of context. I debated on giving you this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. This is a little bit of a deep end of the pool. In theology, in the study of God's Word, there's this term called the whole counsel of God. In other words, what does God say about it from beginning to end? Does God, what does He feel about this topic? What is He telling me to do? Well, He's not going to tell you to do one thing and say it's wrong here and tell you it's right here. That there, you can't take a scripture out of context. It's what the devil did. If you remember the story when Jesus was tempted. And the devil came to Jesus and said, Hey, turn those stones into bread. And Jesus flipped it on him and said, No, no, no. That man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of what? His own, Jesus' mouth. See, there is a verse that talks about turning the, bread, the stones to bread. But the devil was using it out of context and, try, and turning it on Jesus. And he said, no, 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 that's not what it says. That every word that comes from the Father. So is it lining up with the Bible? Number two, does it make you more like him? Does it make you more like Jesus? Is what you're feeling and the direction you're feeling take you closer to him? Now, and I do realize there may be some decisions do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Well, how does that bring me closer or not closer to, to Jesus? But I really think if we're honest with ourselves, we think about our motivations. Why am I taking this new job? Is it something that God's open for me or am I just greedy? Am I going to work too many hours and leave my, and 
and be away from my family? There's all these questions you can answer that says, does it make me more like him? 1 John 2 says this, or 3, I'm sorry. Let me go back. 1 John 3 says, he must become greater and I must become less. He must become greater and I must become less. In other words, if the decision you're making is based on building you up, not trusting him, why well, trust me more. There's a difference between trusting just yourself and confidence. I'm confident in myself that I can hear God. I'm not confident in myself that I will always make the right decision. That's why I need God. And there's a difference. John says, are you becoming more like him? In 1 John it says, but if anyone obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we're in him. Well, how? It gives you that in the next verse. Whoever claims to live in him, they're looking more and more like Jesus. I've had some people tell me in, in recent weeks as, as we're growing, as the church is growing, and they came and said, hey, I don't know how, but somebody asked me what was different in my life. But I hadn't made any big changes. I hadn't changed the way I look. I hadn't lost any weight. I hadn't changed. But they're wanting to know what's different in my life. What do I tell them? Tell them you met Jesus. Well, how did that change you? You don't have to explain it. I don't know. But obviously it changes it enough where somebody sees it in them. That whoever claims to live, lives like Jesus. Then the third one. And this one is very, very important to me. Personally, this is, <coughs> this is one I lean on. Excuse me. Does godly counsel agree? The sad thing is when you ask people this question, they don't necessarily ask you, what's that? They'll ask you, well, I didn't tell anybody. There's your problem. God did not create us to be on this planet alone, to be on an island by ourselves. I realize that there are some people who are not people people, and they'd rather be by themselves. Even those people, God did not create us to be alone. Well, how, how do you know somebody is godly counsel? The Bible is very clear. You know them by their fruit. You know them by the fruit of their lives. Now, if let's just say, for instance, you're, you're deciding you're going to make a, a change in your life and and you're going to start working out, and you want to get physically fit and shaped and just rock-hard body. Do you come to somebody like me? Or do you go to the person that is V-shaped, has like an extra six-pack and shoulder and just ripped? Or the ladies who, you know, they, got it, they, they, got, they look the part? We say, oh, we can't judge people. Well, no, you, you can judge. Because people don't come and accuse me of being a trainer. Don't laugh. <laughs> but if they come to me and say, hey, can you help me walk this out with God? Oh, yeah, I got you. But if you're coming to me to help get fit, I'm going to tell you, buy an extra, extra thing of cookies and cream. You go to a trainer, I guarantee you, they're not going to tell you that. Does godly counsel agree? You know them by their fruit. You know them by building relationships with them. You need, you need people that you can go to and go, this is what I'm feeling. 
which is a much better answer than God already told me. Because if God already told you, I can't argue with that. But if you come to me and say, this is kind of what I'm feeling, and I want to make sure it's God, that's a different story. You need people in your life. And it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be somebody, quote, in ministry or a pastor, somebody with the fruit that says they're following God. But let me give you a warning, a couple of them. This is not shopping for a yes. Anybody have kids that do that? Hey, Mom, can I? No. Hey, Dad, can I? Right? We're all laughing because we did it as kids, and our kids do it to us. Just yesterday, Mel and I were working around the house. Emma came in and asked me for something, and I said, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then Melanie came in and said, well, why did you give her that? I just told her no. And Emma's standing there in the corner grinning like, I got you. But see, we do, that, we do that with God. Okay, well, this is what I feel like God's telling me. I don't like that answer. This is what I feel like God's telling me. You're closer, but I don't like that answer either. This is what I feel like God's telling me. Yes, you should do that. Yes, I like your answer. If you're shopping for a yes, this doesn't work. Why? Because you need to be able, the second thing is you need to be able to and willing to hear a no. In my life as a Christian, I'll be 49 in November, and I can remember twice, and the second time in my life that I knew I had begun to understand what it means to be, like a, to be a man under authority, that I had made a decision to go a particular direction in my life, and I had a guy that I trust come to me and say, hey, I was praying for you, and God said, whatever you're about to do, you need to not do that, and you need to do this. Without hesitation, I obeyed. Okay, God. And that was my decision to go to ORU, which led me to Melanie, which brought me back here. I had already made a decision. I'm not going. And a guy that I trust walked in, walked in to me, not knowing what I was thinking about, and said, you need to go do what you were supposed to do, not do this. And told me no. The third thing. There is a difference between godly and good. There are a lot of good people in this world. There are a lot of people who are good, but that does not make them godly. There are nice people who are, who maybe are just very sweet, tender people. But without Jesus, they're just sweet, tender people. There's a difference between godly and good. You, you need somebody who knows his word, knows God, and knows you. Proverbs 12 tells us that the, the way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise, let somebody tell them no. Let somebody tell them, hey, don't stick that fork in the electrical outlet. I know you think it's wise, but it's going to do what? It's going to hurt. And God, I think God does this to us every day in life. Lean this way. Go this way. Don't do this. If we just learn to listen, and we don't, and then we wonder why we have all these injuries in life. A friend who I dealt with, a friend of mine dealt with an issue for years. And every time he would, he would come back to me and say, hey, I'm dealing with this again. And I, would, I finally told him, listen, last time I gave you advice, you just did the opposite of it. 
Then you come back to me and say, I did it again. And then I give you advice. And we just keep going around. And I finally said, don't come back unless you're going to listen. Because the problem is you don't want to hear no. About three weeks later, he called me and said, I don't know what changed, but I suddenly hear and understand no. And now I have peace. And now I realize that I'm, I'm the issue. That learning the word no changed his life and led him to our last one. And that's this. Is that do I have peace? Now, you need to understand this. Peace is different from not understanding. Ushers, you guys can do your thing. Peace is God's presence in my life. I understand he'll take care of everything. A lot of us say, well, I don't have peace unless I understand. There is nothing in the Bible that says that you have to understand how Jesus works and how all this, how God, the complexities of God to be saved. It just says you have to believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, that Jesus came and died for you, was raised again, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's it. You just have to know it. The Bible does say very clearly he will give you understanding, but it doesn't say you have to know it to have peace. Peace is that, that feeling when nothing else makes sense, but you can still breathe easy. Paul writes this in Philippians. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray. Now, let me interject this right here for some of you. Don't overthink prayer. Prayer is simply having a conversation with Daddy. And I've said this before, and it's still it's funny. We go to lunch today. Pick any, any one of you. We go sit at lunch. We go into, let's just say, Toledo's. We go sit down at Toledo's. Everybody looks at me to pray. So I point it back at you. No, you pray. Being a good southern gentleman, everybody takes off their hat. And one of us, Georgia, redneck southerners, long drawn out accent, suddenly we start speaking the queen's proper English. Right? Oh, our heavenly father who art above everything, you know. And I asked a friend one time, I was like, why do you do that? It would, it would be like me going home and suddenly breaking into an Australian accent. Melanie would look at me like, what are you doing? Yet we do that with God. That you want to have peace? Talk to him just like you would anybody, anybody else. Talk to him as the guy who, who knows what's going on in your life. Who knows how you're hurting. Who knows that you need peace. It says, don't worry about anything except pray. Instead, pray about everything. Look what the verse says. Then you will experience God's peace. And here's the cool thing about God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. You don't have to understand. You can have peace. I've said it a thousand times. I remember the day sitting in the office, in the doctor's office, when they brought us in and, and began to tell us about Emma. I did not have peace. I wanted to punch the guy in the nose 
because I thought he was telling me some kind of joke because they call it William syndrome. And I thought he was... But the moment we got home, Melanie gave me that scripture, which we all know, I've said it a thousand times, that she's whole, complete, and lacking nothing. And peace. Now, almost 21 years later, have there been times where I don't feel peace? You better believe it. Have there been times when I want to put her outside? You better believe it. But I still don't understand how, how God's going to do what he said he would do. But I have peace that he is. You need to have that same peace. That when God's voice speaks, okay, well, explain it to me. I can't. Well, how's God going to heal her? I don't know. What's it going to look like? I don't know. Where's it coming from? I don't know. Well, how do you know? I'll just know. Well, who's going to tell you? I don't know. That's okay. It doesn't change my confidence that we heard the voice of God. He finishes with this. You bow your head and close your eyes. He says in verse 9, into practice everything you've learned from me, then the God of peace will be with you. There are some of you this morning that you need God's peace. You need God to show up in a mighty way because you're pulling your hair out, you're driving yourself nuts. And I just felt as I was praying about this this morning, I don't know who this is for, but I was in this place. You need God to show up because you're going to drive yourself batty. And you don't have to explain it. You just have to know that God's going to show up. So with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, first of all, the way peace comes is you invite him in. Some of you need to meet Jesus for the first time. It's simply Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe it in my heart. Confess it with my mouth. God, and I, I receive it now. That you've forgiven me for my sins. If that's you this morning, then you need to let us know. I'm not going to call you to the front, but you can have a moment right there with God. Now, for the rest of you, if you would all do this and stand with me real quick. And I want you to ask you this question. Then we're going to sing this song, Lord, I need you. Oh, God, I need you in my life. But I want to ask you this question. With your head's bowed, your eyes closed. If you say, Clint, that's me. I, there's some things going on, and I need God's peace. I need the peace of an answer. I need the peace and just letting him handle it. But I need God's peace. Is there anybody else that raise their hand and say, hey, include me in that? That's what I thought. There's a bunch of hands. God, in the name of Jesus, your word said your peace passes all understanding. And God, we need you now. Lord Jesus, we need you to show up. That you're the same God that brought peace back then. God, you're bringing peace now. In each of these individual situations, no matter what the worry is, no matter what answer they need, God, peace comes now. And according to your word in Philippians, God, the peace that passes our, our little nugget here, this little brain here, God, go beyond that. That we just rest peace. That you restore peace where it's missing. God, you bring peace where it's never been. And God, I thank you for the supernatural testimonies of what you're doing in our lives today. And God, we thank you for it now. And God, we need you. And we need you today. In Jesus' name, amen.